0: Welcome to Wah Wonders Why, a companion podcast to Smart Enough to Know Better. I'm Greg Wah, and this episode is titled, Death Death Becomes becomes Her. her. Last Wah Wonders Why, Dan and I talked about taxes. And so I thought it would be interesting to finish the old saying, death and taxes, by actually talking about death. And luckily, I know the perfect person to talk to. Now, this episode will be about the... Funeral arrangement for corpses. So this upsets you if the idea of talking about death makes you feel a bit strange. Maybe skip it. And there is one mention of suicide as well. But all in all, honestly, it's a pretty fun episode. Enjoy. You've heard it before on the podcast, but please make welcome Rose. Hello, Rose. (laughs) Hey,
1: wild applause.
0: Thank you. (laughs) From around the world. So, Rose, you're in London... Mm-hmm. and you are an Australian in London. Are you actually? Are you an English person now, or are you still an Australian?
1: No, no, still, still an Australian. I have to be here for a couple more years before I can get my citizenship. So still uh, technically an Aussie expat. So I'm losing my accent a little bit. I, every now and then uh, it'll slip into, depending on who I'm talking to, it'll slip into some kind of weird Cockney hybrid. <laughs> <laughs> so I've started saying, you know, in it. I started doing that Ah. ironically, and it's kind of just stuck, and I'm really mad about it.
0: No, no, it's fine. It's good. You'll be international. People are very (laughs) excited. So we talked to you last time in the first check-in, and you told us that you worked in a funeral home. And Mm -hmm. I said, we must talk to Rose again, all about your role in the funeral home and what that means. Because most people, you die and you have no idea what happens because, you know, you're dead. Or someone else dies and you don't really know what happens either. They just kind of get dragged away. It's kind of like, you know, there are thousands of birds on the world and, mm-hmm. and they don't live for a very long time. And so they must be thousands of dead birds everywhere, but we don't see them. Like they get yeah, removed. You never see them. They get mo- removed. If you see them for a while, but like 10 minutes later, they're gone. So mm-hmm. you're like the human version of whatever that natural process is. I don't just find millions of humans <laughs> all piled around.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That you know of.
0: That, well, that's maybe, maybe they're hidden in the walls. You'll have to enlighten me. So what is your job for the audience who have no idea what I'm talking about?
1: So last time we spoke, I was working in a funeral home as a funeral arranger. I also did quite a bit of work over the coronavirus period, especially in the prep room, in the mortuary, uh, because we were so inundated with bodies. So I was doing a lot of the coffin making, putting bodies in body bags in the coffins and doing what we call facials, which is also known as first officers or last officers which is closing the eyes, closing the mouth, all that jazz. Now, currently, I now work for the NHS as a mortuary assistant in a large hospital in South London. So it's, uh, you know, still in the same field, but more of the clinical aspect, more of the, I suppose, backstage aspects of the mortuary world.
0: Mm. Yeah, okay. And that's, that leads me into the next question. So I've known you for a while. And I found it really hmm. fascinating because you used to be a stage manager for theatre, a, profe- yes. a professional stage manager working on all sorts of things around the place. In my mind, you kind of went to the UK and then suddenly like, by the way, I work in a funeral home. I was like, <laughs> are these things connected? Is, is there any, is there anything between being a stage manager and being a, a mortuary attendant that is the same?
1: Funnily enough? Yes, there is. I found a lot of the work that I did as a stage manager, because I worked a lot with logistics So as you'll remember, I used to tour around as an international company stage manager. So I did a lot of logistics with that. And I think that's kind of branched itself into what I do now. When I was funeral arranging, a lot of that was kind of more or less event logistics because you were working with the families, i.e. the client, as well as, you know, you've got all your funeral directors and care logistics managers, which I suppose you can sort of relate to, you know, directors and producers and myself sort of being the stage Manager, the funeral arranger, making it all sort of come together and working, so the logistics of what's going to be happening on the day, where is the body going to be, where is the hearse going to be, where are we collecting the family from what time the the ceremony starts, contacting all the cemeteries and all the crematoriums, and making sure they've got the right times as well, so those things actually you would never think about it, but they actually work very very well on a, on a parallel, I suppose now, what I do in the hospital. Not so much because a lot of my work is physical to do with the bodies, so I prepare all the bodies for making sure we're checking them in properly and preparing them for autopsy if needed be. But I still do a lot of logistics work with organising with funeral directors to come collect bodies or making sure that families are aware that they are ready For them to go to the funeral home to start arranging the funeral or, you know, contacting the coroners as well, just so we're all organizing at the same time what body needs to go where, who needs a post-mortem, what, what, you know, any clinical aspects we need to be looking at, i.e. taking histology, toxicology, all that. But I enjoy the clinical side a lot more than I do the logistics side when I was at the funeral home. Uh, which is sort of one of the reasons why I decided to sort of jump ship, I suppose.
0: So you're basically more hands-on is what you're trying to say here.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> with the deceased directly, yeah, way mm. more hands-on, which mm. I, I quite enjoy, I think.
0: Mm. That's, good being. That's I, I, a
1: weird phrase. No, no, it's fine. No,
0: it's good to enjoy your job. And uh, the joke I had to make, of course, is as a stage manager, you had to deal with actors corpsing and now you just deal with corpses <laughs> directly.
1: Corpses corpsing. It's always (laughs) just
0: corpses corpsing, yes. They they never know their lines. That's unfortunate. (laughs) So Mm. when someone pops their clogs and down they go, what's Mm -hmm. the process that happens? As I said before at the start of this podcast – Please, I'm going to sound inappropriate. I'm I am putting a very comedic spin to this because I think I think you kind of have to have some way of dealing with it. I'm actually oh my really, gosh,
1: absolutely! I'm, I'm, but I'm
0: absolutely fascinated with bodies and corpses. I always have been, and and I'm just excited to talk to someone who does it professionally now because I, can, I don't have to sound like a freak anymore. I can go, no, this is a <laughs> podcast. I'm learning things. I'm not just being a weirdo. So thank you. It's
1: I, for science. It's for science.
0: <laughs> and explaining to everyone else, it's such a thing that happens all the time. And unless you're immortal, it's going to happen to you. And we don't talk about it and we don't deal with it. And it's it's really weird. Kind of like taxes or money. We just don't. We we just don't. Mm. Fa- I I don't know what to do. I guess I'd call the police and then they would handle it or something. You know, like they'd explain it to me step by step. But I actually have no idea. Yeah. not a concept.
1: You know, it's it's funny you say that because a death is still such a taboo subject to talk about in society. And weirdly enough, I mean, it's a it's a common joke in the death industry. The two inevitable things in life is death and taxes. <laughs> and they're just things we don't really you know, don't talk about it, especially death. I think people find it really grimy or they don't want to think about their own mortality or their family's mortality. And understandably, so you don't want to think about your loved one not being there in the future or all of a sudden dropping dead. So I'll give you a couple of scenarios here because it really depends how the person dies with what happens next. So if you've got example Grandma, who's very, very elderly and she's expected to pass away, she's in palliative care and wants to die at home, that would be once she does pass away, a doctor or a paramedic will get called out to certify the death. So they will, you know, do all their checks, making sure that grandma has passed away. And then they will be be given a a medical certificate of death. And then they can give us a call, i.e. the undertaker of choice, to come collect the body and we'll take it to a funeral home mortuary. If someone has not been in contact with a loved one for some time and they're not expected to die, and they have to, example, force entry into the house, and they find that this person is dead on their bed, or, God forbid, in a bath. Then they would have <laughs> oh, to call dear. the police. Oh dear! Oh no! <laughs> I guess
0: in the bath, water, bodies. That's not good. I, uh, guess. I,
1: tell, I tell you, I mean, I, I've only been at uh, my new hospital for not very long, but because we take in a lot of deaths in the community, i.e., people who have not died in hospital. I've seen some shit.
0: Okay, if someone's planning to die, this sounds awful. I don't, and also, I mean, all seriousness for a moment. If you are planning like suicide or something, get help. Call someone. You're not alone. Yeah, where would you like to find a body? Not in the bath, obviously. Uh,
1: the, oh, I mean, the less uh, the, the the least stressful way to find a body is if they have passed away on a bed because they can easily be transferred onto a stretcher. There, uh, I mean, we have had some very very complicated deaths which are really really hard to you know retract I suppose so people in chairs or people who have been passed away for quite some time or they've you know carved it on the dunny or you know if they're on a third floor and a block of flats you can't really take an elevator unless the elevator is big enough to fit a stretcher
0: yeah um, and you not know allowed so to throw it out the window goodies, can you you can't
1: just You're not no because gravity <laughs> gravity will help you up the window. <laughs> just
0: just just because well, well they can't die anymore are you know what I'm saying like they can't you can't hurt them anymore at that point, I oh, no. you know,
1: but it's still i mean it's the <laughs> you know we we in a i suppose if for my job as either a funeral director or a mortuary technician, we speak for the dead, so mm. we still have to maintain that they have their dignity and respect' because it's all well and true we we do have a laugh, I think you won't find. Anyone who works in the industry who doesn't have a dark sense of humour, we talk talk about some weird and wonderful things. But um, you still have to remember that uh, even though we don't know that person, that still that person is still special to someone else.
0: That's no course. Um, So
1: so we make sure that we treat them with all kinds of dignity and respect.
0: Um, I just just had an idea for an invention i had an invention I, I can make a million dollars maybe i've seen them on those edges of buildings in korea for fire escapes like tubes and so you can oh. jump so you can have a you can have a death chute where you can like clip it and then you can push the person into the chute and they would sh- go down the chute like you know 10 stories but because the because the tube gets smaller on the way down it would it would slow them down so it wouldn't hurt them they'd just be like shooted to the ground
1: yeah, for sure. But if you were uh, to attach that to a building, that building, I think for them to um, want want to have that, they'd have to have a fairly high death rate. In oh, well,
0: <laughs> yes. But no, once again, I mean, it's something you take with you. It's got like two hooks on it and you hook it over the edge and you oh, extend it. Oh, it's portable. It. Yes. Oh, that's, 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 there's the clever bit. And then you just put it out their window and then you, you can shoot them out the window.
1: Anyway. Greg, quit your job now. You're a millionaire. <laughs> I'm going to make a million
0: dollars. <laughs> Excellent. Someone dies and if they you want them in a in a, a area that easily can be found. Once if someone hasn't expected to die, someone middle-aged and they just drop dead is it, mm-hmm. is it the same process for when when grandma goes or is it is it all a bit more concise? No it's it's
1: it's very very different so the police have to be called out along with depends how long they've been passed away for sometimes it is very obvious they have been dead for quite some time which is not very pleasant for the old the whole uh, factory but um yeah police will get called out generally either a, a, you know a doctor or the paramedics will come out to certify death as well they have to contact the coroner immediately so the coroner will have they have contracted their own undertakers who will come and take the body away to whatever mortuary they're contracted with as well. So it might be a public mortuary or like the one I work for, we cover sort of three boroughs of South London and they will usually come to us as an example. And then um, we sort of take it from there. So once they're in our care, we do our body checks as normal, make sure that, you know, all the identification matches up. So, on the scene, the police, the paramedics and the contracted coroner's undertakers will find, they try and find identity if that's going through, if they've got bank cards, passports, anything they can find to find this person's full name and date of birth and the address that they've passed away and they'll attach a couple of wristbands with all that information. So at any one time, there is always information with the body to make sure we have the right person. So we're not mixing bodies up or anything because I don't know that person from the other bloke next door. So we check that through on our system and we contact the coroner and if they want to do a post-mortem, we get all that information from them. And sometimes it's quite easy to to ascertain cause of death, either by an external exam or once you do the autopsy, if you open up the head and it's like, well, that person's had a massive you know, subdural hematoma. In layman's terms, they've just had a big bleed on the head. And sometimes it can take a lot longer if there's nothing obvious with the organs. We take samples to do toxicology and histology, i.e. taking, you know, uh, blood, urine, bile, any kind of tissue from the liver, stomach. So we can see if they've either taken something or had a reaction to something. We'll be able to find that through science. Does it um, ever happen
0: that at the end of the day, the coroner goes, I've no idea. this I. Yeah, their heart stopped, but I don't know yeah. why their heart stopped. I've no, I can't. There's nothing. They just died.
1: All the time, oh, yeah, all good. the time. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes, no, not not in like a. If something is suspicious, it will be it will be deemed suspicious at the scene, hmm. um, which becomes a forensic post mortem or or just a big old crime scene. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a whole other kettle of fish and very no. complicated. But if someone's just passed away at home, weren't expected to die, and there was nothing suspicious with the scene, mm-hmm. we had this last week. It was a, a gentleman in his 30s. Once he came to us, it was very obvious this gentleman had been passed away for at least three weeks. Mm-hmm. So there wasn't very much of him that was recognisable and sort of nature had taken its course. Hmm. He was all kinds of funky Hmm. um, colours, all kinds of maggoty goodness oh
0: maggots Um, oh nice excellent yeah
1: yeah yeah Yeah. oh my the amount of maggots I found in my shoes Greg (laughs)
0: because I know I've heard about like with the body farms and things like like CIA body farms where they they put a Mm. body out and then they see what animals will get on there then they can use this and say well at this stage of decomposition these sort of animals start getting into the body and this stage of decomposition this happens and
1: and so you can learn a lot uh, that's
0: interesting okay
1: oh completely I think body farms are so fascinating but at the same time you have to be very very careful because all depends on what state the person was in when they passed away, what may have been in their stomach if they had cancer. Cancer doesn't stop growing after you pass. It will keep growing because there's nothing to fight it back. And the the general environment as well so if it's been a very very hot week they will generally decompose a lot quicker that kind of thing there's so many you know variables to take in account but this gentleman that we we did the post-mortem on he's been so decomposed that there was actually nothing left inside him that was viable to ascertain any any kind of cause of death so we couldn't really take anything for toxicology because there was just no fluid left in his body that was viable to take so nothing in his stomach nothing in his bowel nothing in his, his gallbladder or his bladder was not there anymore and, you know, open the brain up or open the skull up and the brain just come out of the brain smoothie essentially. So there's just, there's not very much there to, um, to have a look at.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like it's just one big pile of goo at that point. It's, yeah, pretty it's, it's much. So, um, so, so what do you do then? Yeah. Though? You just go, Oh like, well,
1: we have to, we <laughs> report it back the pathologist and, and myself reports it back to the coroner and we say, well, the post-border was inconclusive, any kind of, you know, sample was, was, we weren't able to take any. So it just goes on the death certificate that cause of death was unknown. And they might put like, that might be like the, the primary you know, cause of death inverted commas and it might be secondary to ex- extreme decomposition. So it looks like it, so it has sort of stated on the death certificate that it actually wasn't possible to find a cause of death. Other than that, if it's, if it's a normal body, uh, what we call a fresh body, if they'd only passed away the last couple of days, it's generally quite easy to find a cause of death because their organs are all intact and still pink and lovely. So.
0: Yeah. (laughs) There you go. Okay. So you want? Yeah. I keep thinking. I keep feeling that this podcast is turning into how to get away with murder. But anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Look,
1: I know some people in low places.
0: (laughs) That's right. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry. I take it all back. So you you have a body now. What's the step then? What? So you turn up. You're dead. uh, You've just you've died, and now you're going to be prepared for a funeral or cremation what what's what are the steps you go through
1: again it sort of it sort of depends if you're already at the funeral home we contact the family they come in they do their arrangements so they can choose sort of anything where they want to be cremated or buried you know what they want in terms of the, the day itself. So if they want any vehicles to take them there, if they want like an alternative hearse or a horse and carriage or anything like that, coffin choice as well. So they also have the option if they want to embalm the body. Now, I think there's a lot of myths with with embalming. Not a lot of people actually understand what it is, why we do it. And uh, you know, the actual, the physical process of embalming. So Everybody, this may be slightly different in Australia, I'm not too sure, but here in the UK, everybody will go through their first and last offices. So it's making sure that they are dressed in a shroud or a blanket to maintain dignity and respect for the person so their needy bits aren't out. Um, they will be cleaned so they, everyone, everyone will have some kind of leakage from somewhere at some point. Because you just your body relaxes itself. So it's yeah. just, it's normal. Oh.
0: So yeah, well, clean them up. I'm in my 40s and it's already happening. I'm not even dead yet. So that's just the way it is. <laughs> I assume the older you get, the more you leak.
1: It's and, just, yeah. once, and once
0: I get to infinity age, then I'm just going to totally leak out. So yeah, I accept it. That's just the way it is.
1: Just be one one big old drippy tap.
0: <laughs> that's right. Yes. Yes. That'll be my nickname <laughs> Greg <laughs> Drippy Tap That's what they'll call me.
1: <laughs> right, that's sticking. Fantastic. Um, <laughs> so uh, the the process there. Um... Do you have to
0: be cleaned and then closed, as in stitched up or no. bunged up? Oh, or... I see. Yes, to stop no, the leak No,
1: over here, some, sometimes, I know in America it's quite a common practice that they will sew the anus shut. We generally don't do that over here if there is a lot of leakage from downstairs, we will stuff
0: ah, okay,
1: the anus with uh with cotton wool, but generally speaking, uh it's not actually as bad as people think we everyone will have a, a nappy uh, right put on them oh okay, um, oh there you go, yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah. I mean, we attempt we attempt to do all funerals within a fourteen day period of death, so the body doesn't go into a state of decomposition.
0: So, in all the movies and TV shows, we with people like having open coffins and all the rest, they're always dressed in beautiful suits. But under that beautiful suit, in reality, they would be a nappy. Yeah. Oh right, there you go. Yeah, it makes sense. But that's
1: that's yeah. That's quite an American culture to do that, to have like, you know, the big caskets and dressed in really fancy clothes. That's quite an American thing. Over here, I think in my time, I've maybe sold one or two caskets. Otherwise, it's, you know, good old classic coffin. People do choose a lot to dress there. Oh, it's probably about 50-50 where people... Choose to dress their own loved one, or have them dressed in a shroud or a gown, which we which we provide. But um, yeah, so everyone will go through first offices Everyone can, will can, have. Well, their, sorry, can't interrupt again. Can yeah? Are
0: you allowed to put valuable objects into the coffin and like bury it? So you go, they're gold. Like you can't get, can't take it with you. Yes, I can. And you're like, you just have, <laughs> and you just have all you your millions.
1: Absolutely can. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's only with, it's only with cremations that you have to be careful what goes in with the coffin because mm. there are some things that either won't cremate or will go boom. So if someone's got like <laughs> a pacemaker. <laughs>
0: so i'm exactly. not allowed to have how dare you madam i want to be cremated with my propane tank i've had that since i was 5 years old how dare you get in the way of my propane tank cremation or my piece of polonium to, i want i want that to be burnt and spread into the atmosphere thank you very much
1: look you can do it if you want to pay for all the damages
0: that's well i'm dead that's fine that's, that's okay. <laughs> someone someone else to worry about uh
1: yeah you absolutely can uh so things like pacemakers we make sure they're removed uh Mm. before someone gets cremated otherwise if they're being buried we don't bother and we're just careful with what goes in the coffin but Mm. for burials you can be buried with whatever you like nice anything yeah so just going going back to once you're getting prepared everybody if you're being embalmed or not will have generally the, the mouth and the the nasal cavity is stuffed with cotton wool just to stop any uh, what's called purge. So anything mm. that's in the stomach will generally come up again. Oh good. Um, so just to stop that, yeah, because yeah. it's quite
0: nasty. I always um, I, I didn't assume that would be taken out of you. I guess that's just really difficult. So that you just don't bother. Uh, it,
1: when you're being embalmed, it does, but there's you can't, you can never get everything out right. when okay. you're embalmed. The right. so things are going to come out anyway. You know, gravity and, and yeah. whatnot. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's embalming um, yeah. We'll,
1: we'll get to embalming, I guess, yes. Yeah, so everyone, you know, nasal and, and mouth cavities will, will be stuffed. Um, you get eye caps in. So eyes, because they're basically made out of just water, they're mm. sort of the first things to, to go, like within a few, like in a couple of days are the first things mm. to go. So put eye caps in, which just mould the eye to look like there's still, you know, an eyeball there. Um, and Hang on, how do,
0: how do they work? How does an eye cap work? Is it inside the it eye? Just
1: looks like, yeah, it just looks like. It, it, I mean, it's just basically like a big old contact lens.
0: Ah, right. I see. Okay.
1: Yeah, so yeah. they so it all put that Under the, yeah, under the. You know, you lift the eyelid, chuck it under, and then glue the eye shut. So it just looks,
0: you know. Oh, the eye I see. Second, shut. Yeah. Right. So it just it gives yeah. some volume to the eye. Yeah.
1: yeah. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. It's quite an interesting thing to look at. The mm-hmm. mouth gets sewn shut because otherwise the mouth doesn't stay shut uh, mm-hmm. because of rigor mortis. Rigor mortis doesn't last forever, um, but it can be like you know the, the jaw uh, generally locks and it's quite hard to keep it shut. So you don't want you know if you're viewing someone you don't want their eyes open and their mouth open. So we just close them mm. so it looks like they're more sort of you know sleeping.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and then we put a not uh, screaming,
0: staring man. <laughs> <heaven>. That's always like <laughs> yeah, good plan. Yeah, <laughs> though I must admit. If I have a funeral, then I'm guessing that people would expect me to be screaming and staring wildly into the heavens. If I'm calm, yeah, so I'm, I'm calmly in really do it. Yeah, 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 if I'm calmly in repose, people won't believe it's me. They'll go, Nah, it's not, it can't be Gregoire. That doesn't make any sense. That's he's never been calmly in repose in his life. So it, it doesn't make any <laughs> You've sense. You've
1: replaced his body with someone else.
0: That's right. Where's the screaming man who stares wildly around? <laughs> anyway. <laughs>
1: I'd love to
0: see that. <laughs> well, so I've always wanted to. I, I've always liked the idea of um, uh, being dealt with in an interesting way, like Zoroastrians. You get eaten by birds, or uh, or like Hunter S. Thompson, the the, the writer of Fear and Loathing on Las Vegas, wanted to be fired out of a cannon. Uh, across across the wilds of wherever he lived in America and his wife thought that's cool that's, that's cool. Absolutely cool and in the end they, they couldn't because you know how to fire a corpse out of a cannon strangely enough
1: yeah I and, mean it's, it's not legal but <laughs>
0: no but his wife technically did it but he was cremated and then she managed to get a cannon and fired it into the because it was just dust and yeah. it was just bits and you know it wasn't much you can do anything with ashes literally yeah. you
1: can do absolutely anything you bloody want yeah
0: because you know the worst will happen is like some elk will get hit by a uh, like a, a finger bone or something as it goes, you know, or a knuckle. You know what I mean like it's not that bad? It's fine.
1: I don't think you understand how cremation works. But,
0: but are <laughs> we'll bone... uh, Okay, okay, oh, no, then I have questions. Then excellent. <laughs> that good.
1: Again, another myth with ashes. So Ooh, we'll okay. get to that. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I'm debunking so many myths here. That's I a... should start my own podcast.
0: <laughs> death myths. <laughs> death myths with the death miss. That'd work. There you go.
1: I'm going to coin that. Thank you.
0: <laughs> That's two million-dollar ideas. Excellent.
1: <laughs> but So it's embalming. Let's get mm. to the embalming okay. process. Right. So we use chemicals. Everyone knows what formaldehyde is. We mm-hmm. use formaldehyde. So we basically go in with a large, big, pointy, needly-type thing, mm-hmm. which is uh, maybe like a foot or so, foot and a half long, uh, and we aspirate the inside. So we cut just above the belly button. Mm-hmm. And basically suck everything out.
0: When you say everything, do you mean organs, everything? Organs, yeah. Oh, wow. As That's much, a...
1: much as possible because... That's a hell of a the suck. Organs... Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it takes a bit of time. The oh, organs uh, is where decomposition starts first. So, because you've obviously got your, you know, your stomach, your bowel and all that, which mm. is where... Uh, lives, and when you or when you die, all your good bacteria dies with you. The mm. bad bacteria will start to go absolutely haywire. It's, it's,
0: uh, it's their time cool. to shine.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. Their, look, they have an absolute field day, uh, mm. and that's what's called putrefaction. So you, mm. your stomach will go green, like a really bright green. It's really it's quite amazing to mm. see. So take all that out, which uh, embalming is, is is its main purpose is to stop. Or it doesn't stop it; it slows down decomposition right. uh, as much as possible. Uh, and then we cut into generally C- can I just speaking, say that, if you d- just, yeah. just
0: that, that, that makes sense. Just just putting into meat ideas like animal carcasses. If it, when you slaughter an animal, you bleed it, and then you remove, like, you cut open its stomach and you pull all the offal out. And then you yeah. have the meat and the bones and that can, you can hang that up and smoke it or or freeze it or whatever, like for a long, not smoke it like a cigarette. I mean, like <laughs> smoke it and uh, but and, but it lasts a long this time. Deer smoke it. <laughs> I'm going to smoke this deer. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a seven moose man a day. Man a day. Uh <laughs> Anyway, but that that lasts a lot longer than the organs, the 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 sweet brains. Yeah,
1: exactly, yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, right. so it's sort of you know the 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 same. Do you take uh, the blood in,
0: out of humans with embalming, or no, just the?
1: Yeah, well, yeah, that's that's the other sort oh, of process. So were...
0: to try
1: yeah. and once you sort of take it, you aspirate as much of the organs out as possible. Hmm. You then go into the main artery, you go into the carotid or the femoral artery, so the one in your neck, the one in your legs, so the the biggest arteries that you can Mm. find. And um, you put a big needle in there and you use a a concoction of formaldehyde and a couple of other chemicals. One is pigmented pink Mm -hmm. to sort of you know, give a bit more color to the flesh, uh, and that pushes Mm -hmm. out all the old blood as well. But you've got to remember with gravity, all the blood pulls to your Mm. back as well, and that's called uh, hypostasis or liver mortis. And that's actually quite interesting. I've seen it a few times. You can tell uh, how or, per- or where a person has died based on the hypostasis. So if they've passed away on their side, mm. all the blood pulls to one side. Mm. If they've died on their back, it pulls to the back. If they've died on their face uh, or their front, it all pulls to the to the front, which is quite interesting.
0: And I'm going to guess that if, that if someone's come and interfered with the body, then you'd go well. All the blood, all the, there's liver mortis on the back, but we found them facing the front. Therefore, someone's rolled this body over, or something has rolled this body over at some point quite recently. This sort of, yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just thinking a bit too Sherlock Holmesy here. No, no, sure. no,
1: com- completely. And that's what they look for in forensics as well. Mm, okay. Is you know the uh, at what point of um, you know post mortem they are. If they have died and they've been on their back for a couple of hours and then someone's come back and moved them, mm. you can tell mm. because the okay. blood's kind of already purpled up or what's called marbling as well, which oh. li- literally <laughs> looks like looks – like, I've seen it. It's It's really quite extraordinary, all this marbling across their body. Mm. It's incredible – the uh, the colours a human will go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> They're dead.
1: It's a, it's a I, shame you can't see it, Greg.
0: <laughs> so, well, how dare you, madam? Yes, I am colourblind. Thank you very much. I might be able to. Oh, I'm sad now. It's, I'm guessing that's equivalent to bruising them. I mean, when you when you bruise, you break break blood vessels and the red blood cells go through different stages and turn into different chemicals and reds and greens and yellows and that sort of stuff and on yeah, the oh yeah,
1: more more or less. Yeah. You can um again, I'm no expert in this. Mm. Uh but Not forensic <laughs> uh, <and laughs> forensic analysts are uh, they're very, very good at telling bruising if it's anti or post mortem. Mm,
0: yes, I've I've read about that. Um, if someone if someone yeah. it's like that sounds awful, but someone's like beating a dead person. You can tell; mm-hmm. it looks different mm-hmm. than if yeah, you beat them. Yeah, exactly. If you beat them to death, like sort of thing, that would be different. Yeah. Anyway, oh wow, it's dark.
1: <laughs> Hooray, it happens. No, but it's it's honestly it's a fact of life. I mean, mm. I think sometimes you have
0: be- to be beaten to death. <laughs> a lot hard. Of people, not wow. not
1: everyone does, but it happens. You know, quite a lot. I get, yeah. get a lot of people who come in. Uh, to me, who have either been, you know, uh, beaten and have died because they've been beaten up, or it's, um, you know, self motivated as well, or um, ODing, that kind of thing. You get some amazing things. A- actually, a fun fact one that I only learned in the cu- last couple of weeks if you have cocaine in your system, or mm. heroin, or anything like that, depending on the type of That's drug how I it podcast.
0: is, That's how I I'm going to use. Oh, sorry. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I'm going to use cocaine as an example. Mm. The cocaine will actually speed up uh, decomposition Ooh. because all the bacteria gets high.
0: <laughs> okay, so it's How a party. How
1: mad is that?
0: It's a party yeah. in your body, and you are not invited at this point. You're
1: not invited.
0: <laughs> wow. You're not
1: there to enjoy it.
0: That's okay. So, so th- that could so you could say if you found someone. In advanced stages of putrefaction, it could be there for days and days and days, or they could have a massive coke habit, and that's what killed them.
1: Yeah, I mean, you can generally tell if they've OD because there's a lot of drug paraphernalia around yeah. the body. Sure. Uh, so that's sort of a dead giveaway. But yeah, generally speaking, it's, it sort of speeds up that process. So you, it might even be from like the shoulders up, head mm. um, is, is sort of decomposing a bit more because there's all the cocaine in your nasal oh, cavity. Right. and and whatnot, which is really, so that, you know, you take a lot of toxicology to find that.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. I love that. I love it. It's like all the, all the little bacteria <chociaż> like, a, <laughs> I can't I feel my face. Just I can't feel my face. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> this is amazing. This, one, like this is fun death facts I just, I just love the fact that all these bacteria like this is this is the best thing ever happened it's never gonna get any worse we're in the perfect environment as, as their entire house collapses around them they're like in deep trouble <laughs> deep. i'm so freaking high right I, like, now <laughs> uh, that's right they can maybe they're kind of like rich people on the titanic look we're gonna sink and die anyway we might as well take cocaine all right let's do this thing <laughs> Jack, I can fly. No, it's just the cocaine. Anyway, I'm gonna
1: have that in my head now. That's
0: hilarious. <laughs> so yeah, so so the drugs, so different sorts of drugs, can deal with you in a different way. And when you're embalmed, you you've, you've aspirated out all the organs, you've taken all the blood out, you replaced it with pink formaldehyde, and to, to preserve <laughs> yeah,
1: more
0: to preserve the body so that you can have more time to show it off, I guess, or to to for family members to make it there or something like that.
1: Yeah, so. So I think a lot of people, there are a lot of myths of, you know, everyone has to be embalmed. No, you don't, because some people do find it quite distressing. If they know the process of embalming, they they want to, you know, they don't want their, their loved one, you know, uh, sort of touched like that. So they just want them a bit more natural. Uh, if they're having sort of a natural burial as well, then you can't embalm them because that's putting chemicals in the ground. So it's it's actually, it's personal preference. If you're viewing someone, we do highly recommend it because it makes them look a bit more like at rest than dead, I suppose. And it's, it's quite a, an amazing transformation to see someone before and after being embalmed. It is, it is, I would highly recommend it if you are going to be viewed because it, it does make a massive difference as sort of your last goodbye.
0: I'm guessing though you'd have to do things like stage makeup on them to get more color into their cheeks and
1: we do have mortuary cosmetics and everyone will get that just so it looks a bit nicer uh, uh anyway
0: When I was a goth I'm pretty certain I used that brand by the way but anyway back in my 20s oh, mortuary keep cosmetics had that that face <laughs>
1: Yeah, we match it to the skin tone and we put a little bit of a pink hue to it, which blends out. So it doesn't look like it doesn't actually look like the person's wearing makeup, or it doesn't mm. it's not caked on. Mm. It's just sort of like airbrushed on a bit again, just so they look a bit natural because there might be discoloration on the face or they might you know, they may have died from a, uh, some kind of, you know, hepatitis liver disease where they've gone a bit jaundice. Mm-hmm. So it just counteracts that yellowing in the skin as well. Mm. Um yeah, but everyone will get that regardless of being embalmed or not. But it also helps. It can also be referred to as a hygienic treatment, so it will stop generally the person from emitting an odour uh, on the funeral well. I
0: was, was going to ask that. You've been around a lot of dead bodies. Do dead people have a smell that you could go, oh, it's a dead person? And is it different to just rotting meat?
1: You know, I make a lot of comparisons between, you know, humans and meat. So, I mean, you have to think (laughs) about it. That's
0: just just Rose. She's always done that. (laughs) I bet bet your husband's very impressed.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You have to think about it, make a comparison with, you know, what happens if you leave a piece of meat in a fridge Mm. for Five days. It's the same with a human body. Mm. It's going to start smelling. It's going to start getting mouldy. It's going to start going off. It's exactly the same, mm. uh, essentially, because we are, you know, just a big old lump of meat and we're stuff. We're a
0: meat. We're a meat robot powered by lightning. It's it's very weird. I mean, it's it's, it's
1: fantastic. It, that's,
0: a, that's right. A chemical. A chemical. We eat chemicals to generate lightning, to run our bodies. It's very strange. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's brilliant. And like you think, sometimes <laughs> I have a bit of an existential moment where, you know, last week I was holding someone's brain in my hand mm. and, um, you know, I, I had this weird moment of like, wow, this this everything this person thought is in my hands right now. It's it's like yeah. a really surreal kind of moment. But at the same time, you can't be thinking about that all the time because you'll go insane.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, every thought yeah. that ever had happened in there. But then you can start doing the philosophy thing. We have to get Kevin back on and talk about the mind-brain divide. Like, Is there a mind outside the brain? I don't think so. I think it's a brain. But people have argued this for a long periods of time. Religious people, of course. Oh, I think this know. will be
1: argued until the end of time.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That's, and I'll be there to answer it. I tell you, that's my plan. I'm working towards it. <laughs> I look to
1: talk. Thank you.
0: <laughs> uh, How I intend to live to the end of time. So yeah, holding holding a brain, that's very cool. Like that's I think out of yeah, holding a human brain. I've only seen human brains that have been. Preserved in jars and that sort of stuff. Yeah, and and they're a bit more shrunken. A a chemical
1: called formalin, which sort of preserves it. If you if you are uh, opening a brain, a head up, and you are getting a fresh brain out, it's it's really not how people think it is. It's not like it is in the movies. Mm. It's just a big old, you know, a bit like jelly. It's a big old wobbly pink thing. Mm.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and it's sort (laughs) of lots of bags. You got to cut through lots of bags and layers to get to it. It's not sort of like skull and then there's like brain you have to like cut through all the barriers and things so yeah it's it's interesting so i've heard allegedly
1: yeah yeah there's a, a big old uh, membrane called the dura uh which kind of goes across it so when you uh you again you've probably heard it in movies when you like crack into a skull and you hear just like Whoosh! that happens in real life so you you crack into the skull and you have to First off, this is this. I find this people freak out when they hear about this. I find it really really cool. But to get to the brain, so you have to cut around the back of the head between each ear, and then you peel the person's.
0: You got to scalp them
1: across. Yeah, Yeah, pretty much scalping a person. But it goes back like elastic. It's fine. It's Um, fine. And then you. (laughs) <laughs> and then you use a, a bone saw to cut into the skull. Yeah. And um I will be what, honest here. That happy. noise
0: yeah. gives me the heebies. I I am fine with everything else that you're talking about. I must admit the the high pitched noise of a bone saw cutting into bone. It, uh, I can't. It makes my teeth go on edge. I don't know what it is, but mm. I've heard I've heard it, and you're like, mm, no, no, not excited by that one at all. But. The
1: first time I heard it, it freaked me out. Now I'm, I'm so desensitized to all of this, I've got no <laughs> issue. But the yes. first time, and I'll, I'll sort of digress to tell this story. The oh, first yes. time I ever heard the bone saw, I was at a uh, doing just a, a one-day experience of being in a mortuary with a, a North London hospital and they, they were like oh we can't show you post-mortem because you're not sort of on the list to be privy to that and I was like yep yep no problem and sort of halfway through the morning I was like oh, I just need to pop to the loo so they have been the sort of dress the change room bathroom area there's a, a door which goes into the post-mortem room and a door which goes into the office area and you know, going for a wee and halfway through going for a wee, I hear the bone sores start and they start me through the brain. I sat there in the cubicle thinking, Oh my God,
0: (laughs) this is my life now. Yeah,
1: it was, yeah, it was very disconcerting, but um, yeah, now it's (laughs) it's got no issue with it. And uh, so, yeah, like they cut into that and we've got like a Mm. T piece, what's called a T piece, which they also is called a skull key. <laughs> um, some people, some people don't like calling it that for obvious reasons. It's disrespectful. So it's literally you know like a T piece um metal bit, which sort of goes into into the skull, and then you've got a mallet, and you sort of crack that open, and then yep. you turn it, and it, just goes,
0: and it, and it oh. makes quite
1: a satisfying noise. My it's, god, it's,
0: it's so s- good! So that's to split the skull open at that point.
1: Yeah, oh. and also helps once you turn it, it sort of detaches the dura
0: ah, right. from
1: the skull. Yeah. Yes,
0: okay, I see. Yeah, okay. And then you can just lift the whole it's thing happening. up like a cup. <laughs> anyway, yeah. <laughs> I'm just, now I'm just picturing the second Indiana Jones movie with the monkey brains. That's oh, a, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but bigger, I hope. Mm, yeah. <laughs> All right, so there, it's, it's and you go, yeah, to, to hold someone's brain in your hands, must it must be a, it, it's a thing, it's a thing.
1: It's a thing, yeah, it's a, it's and, a, like, th- holding someone's heart is a thing as well, like, yeah. uh, if you're holding someone's spleen, it's not as cool, but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, there's not all this, like, you know, crazy social connotation around a spleen, or, you know, brain, heart, and all that.
0: You'd be holding it going, no one knows what you do, well, I know people know what that does, but most people are like, I don't know what it did, who cares, just throw it away, it's it's. All- <laughs> Have you ever seen a prostate? Just as a man, I'm interested. As a man of an age? Yeah. <laughs> you
1: no, know what? I haven't. I haven't. Oh, I've seen someone's liver. Oh, no, it was someone's spleen. Because the spleen isn't, I mean, that big. Your liver's quite big, yeah. Your spleen's not that big. But this, this woman's spleen. So typically the spleen is meant to weigh, or oh, I might get this wrong, I'm going to say about a thousand grams. But this person's spleen was 3,000 grams. It was three Ooh, kilos Wow! spleen. So she,
0: she had a lot of spleen to vent, obviously.
1: She had her, a lot her, of spleen. Her name
0: was Karen. So there you go. That's... <laughs> Uh, yeah thank you thank you very much
1: Uh, but you do so you do occasionally see some really cool things where like oh that organ is not meant to look like that how amazing Mm. or you know what cancer looks like on the inside that kind of thing
0: have you met anyone met I know that's the right term have you worked with anyone where their organs are swapped so sometimes like the hearts on the right hand side, like the, the it's mirror imaged and it's super rare. It's
1: so rare. So, mm. so rare. No, I haven't. Oh, okay. No. Well,
0: keep me informed. Keep me informed. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I
1: <laughs> I'll need keep to keep you posted.
0: I need to know. As
1: soon as I see what I need to stop for a second, guys. I just need to whip my phone out. <laughs> <the red. laughs>
0: That's right. It's all fine. Take your photo. It's all good. It's all blood, fine.
1: blood all down my front. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's all fine. It's all good. This is important. Uh all right. So yes, a cancer is it, cancer inside lumps and tumors, and as you said, when cancer really is just cells of your body not listening to the signal to die. And so they just grow and grow and grow and grow and, grow and they, they take on it. Food and energy and grow. So you're saying before that when you die, it makes sense until they run out of energy. The cancer cells are like well, I don't care. I mean, cause yeah, they, I
1: mean it doesn't go. They don't go haywire, but it, it doesn't. It's not like a you know the next day you have like a massive tumor at the side of you. But it does, you know, it does keep going. So especially people with sort of any kind of facial cancer, um, we generally like to embalm them, so it's you know slows that down quite significantly. So they do have a families have a, a, a nice experience of viewing someone.
0: Mm -hmm. and I've now we'll go through a couple of myths here hair does that keep growing after death
1: no so this is this is probably one of the biggest myths is hair and nails growing after death no it's because obviously the human body is made up of 80 percent Water?
0: Yeah, sure. It's like
1: something like that. Yeah, a yeah, Ridiculous yeah, yeah. amount of water, and once you once you pass away, your body dehydrates quite quickly. Mm. So that gives the illusion of your hair and nails growing, mm. but it's actually just your body, you know, dehydrating,
0: just shrinking, and like all the mm. cuticles all pulling back, and like you're like, like something, yeah, out of, exactly, something out of, something out of Evil mm-hmm. Dead. Yeah, okay, all right. Yeah. Then. <laughs> so you've been. You've had all your organs taken out. You're being embalmed, and then it's either you're going to get sent to the ground, you're going to be buried, or you're going to be sent to the crematorium to be burnt. So cremated, let's,
1: yeah,
0: let's cremate it. Yeah, that's a good name for, the, for what happens in a crematorium. Uh, so let's talk about yeah. burial. Is it? Is it? Do you have to go a certain depth? Is you know six feet under? Is that is that a thing, or that's not really a thing, or what's the deal? Uh,
1: is it It isn't it? over here. It's either. Five feet or seven feet. Okay. So it really could be six feet. It's um average, some yeah. might. Yeah, but average it's either seven feet or five feet. And that's that's depending on how many people you're digging down for. So some people may purchase a plot and they want a second person buried there at a later date. Ah,
0: right. Yeah, okay. Yeah.
1: So they're saving space. So, you know, <laughs> uh you know, Mum might want to be buried with Dad when she passes away, it's so not... <laughs> uh, the grave diggers will bury deeper, which is approximately seven feet down. So the next time they open it up, they'll they'll dig it either you know between four and a half and five feet down. So, so you're buried getting, not uh,
0: side by side, but on top of each other.
1: I mean, you can you can purchase a grave next to it, but mm. a lot of people can save money from just you know burying down
0: yeah. into the and, same one. And why don't we? why do we bury people lying down when it would save a lot more space to bury them standing up vertically? Because as in cross-sectionally, I mean, I'm I'm longer. Yeah, I
1: see what you mean. And I've heard that before.
0: Think of like plant a tree on my head. and (laughs)
1: Logistically, it doesn't really work as a thing. You can't really have a, a body standing up and expect it to stay standing up.
0: No, no, yeah, but it's in the box though, or in the cardboard, whatever. And then you, I'm just thinking, if you, cause I'm not, I'm not. Admittedly, I don't. My head would only be a foot off the surface if you, at my height, you know what I mean. You'd have to go a bit yeah. deeper. But I want, yeah, I just, I just, I wonder. it Must just be easier to dig. I guess nowadays you could get a big drilling machine and drill down. But it must be, it would be easier back in the day to go a big pit and just lie you in the pit and bury you than trying to go vertically. Yeah, but we're running out of land, yeah, you sort of see. So. Like, there's not a lot of land in the world. Oh.
1: Well, yes and no. You actually, plots will get reused after a certain amount of decades. So they will build on top of them, basically. no one, No one will get exhumed. That's a big myth as well. People think they'll get exhumed after, you know, 70 years or whatever. No, no, the body will stay there. And then they just build on top, so more earth will go on top of that grave so the, the cemetery doesn't have to grow outwards. It basically grows
0: upwards. Yeah, but over a couple of decades, there's not much of you left. Let's be, even bones, there wouldn't be a lot of you left, would there? It's not, you know. So, yeah. It's
1: yeah up- uh, yes no. Again, it depends on sort of the soil. The, if, the closer you are to the surface, the quicker you will, you know, decompose or go back into the earth the, because there's more nutrients at the top of the soil.
0: Could you throw uh, lime on a corpse, like acidic lime? Not not enough to burn them, obviously. That would be disrespectful. But as in, if you put lime into the hole, make the soil more acidic, so when water went through, it would it would get rid of the body faster. I don't, sorry, I don't mean this in a horrible way. I mean this I've in a. I've got no idea, Greg. Speed up the decomposition. I've, I've never heard that before. Well, lime, lime, if you, if you have lime, it makes it, it, water will, it become acidic water. So you could get, and I don't mean like, for, like, 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 um, hydrochloric acid, like it's all gone. Anyway, sorry. Okay. You don't know.
1: May as well pour a mojito down there as well. Just make it a
0: party. <laughs> make it sure. We've got cocaine. We've got some acid. We've got the, we've got everything. We've got everything going on at this point.
1: <laughs> this is great. You get the lime. I'll get the salt. <laughs> That's
0: right. This sounds like Uh, the day of the dead, Cinco de Mayo, Cinco de Mayo. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds amazing.
1: Sure. (laughs) Genuinely, I I really, really don't know. I'm going to look into that for you. I'm going to ask. I've got a couple of gravedigger mates. I'm going to ask him.
0: Yeah, to speed up the decomposition, can you throw something like lime to make it more acidic? All right. So that's burial. You throw them in there, and you throw them in. You place them respectfully. Blah blah blah. And then you cover them up. You chuck them in, and then you're done. You you say your things, and then you're off. Um, That's cool. So we've got burial. Now, what about so crematoriums and cremation? You, you made a comment that I thought that they chuck you in there, very high temperature, they burn you, and but I th- honestly thought the bits of you remained. I thought, like, knuckles remained and, they, and, like, there were lumpy bits.
1: No. So, by law, when someone gets their loved one's ashes back, they have to be unrecognisable as human remains.
0: Oh. See, I always thought... Oh, I heard that, but I honestly thought that they just sift it out, like get a colander and they chuck. I honestly thought that they would be, oh, we found some chunky bits. We'll just put them in the bin.
1: No, 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 uh, no. So okay. this is this is quite interesting. I've seen this firsthand and it's really amazing. I mean, cremation is, is the, m- the more popular form of after death. Oh, what would you call
0: it? Reduction,
1: <laughs> yeah, I suppose but to. it's only
0: popular uh, now, though. Like a hundred years ago, it wouldn't be... well, that's a stupid oh, thing to yeah, say. Yeah, I but... think
1: you know because of uh, you know Christianity, you go back to religion. So uh, in terms of religion, it, if anyone was like C U V Catholic Christian, whatever, burial was the more popular and more sort of accepted form of what you do with the body. Where you know, whereas if you were you know, Hindu, Muslim, anything like that, it, cremation was more of their their chosen path but now it's sort of much of a muchness I think it's and genuinely it comes down to cost so it's much cheaper to cremate someone than it is to bury them if you are you know orthodox Jewish they will hands down absolutely still bury someone within a three uh, it's either 24 hours or a three-day period same with some of the other you know south southeast Asian cultures as well but over here generally it's about I would say 85 percent of the population will cremate it makes um, sense though
0: he took up the whole, like, the Jewish people Orthodox Jews. It makes sense because you go back in the day, having a corpse around was a really bad idea as in disease and maggots and horrible things. So get that thing in the ground as fast as possible. And you make it part of your culture slash religion to get that thing away from water tables. And <laughs> and, 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 and yeah. it, makes, it makes sense because you could kill an entire mm. town. I mean, that mm, simple. Mm, yeah. uh, so it, it, it becomes cultural and I can, yeah, it, it it's interesting. Nowadays we don't have to worry about that quite as much because we can, you know, embalm them and freeze them and that sort of stuff, but it's, you know, keep them on, keep them on ice. So, yeah. Anyway, yeah, I just think it's interesting. On oh, ice.
1: That's also a myth. People think we literally <laughs> keep bodies on ice.
0: Well, You keep them in a fridge, though, don't you? Like, you keep them in a cold yeah, environment. We've
1: got, yeah, we've got, you know, what we call temperature-controlled units because it sounds nicer than a fridge, but, yeah, it's a big fridge. Or a uh, a big, big old freezer. So the fridges sit between, I think, between... Three and six degrees. Oh, that's freezes, like a normal fridge.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, 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 and the free- freezers are like negative fifteen or something, which which just basically puts them in sort of like you know Lister and Red Wharf, it just puts them in stasis, so they yeah. stay exactly the same, except they become a human popsicle, um, and they're very, very, <laughs> they're very, very difficult to move after that.
0: <laughs> now I'm I boring,
1: saw. I have these, uh, yeah yeah I think I had these amazing I grew my nails out I thought they were fake nails but I grew my nails out and I was very very impressed with my self manicure um and they you know generally like I'm I'm fine with you know I've got gloves on I'm generally fine with moving bodies and I don't do anything to them but I was mo- moving a lady and she wasn't very big she was actually quite small but I I snapped one of my fingernails on her foot when I was moving her and I was very, very cranky about it.
0: Did you tell <laughs> her off? And I
1: had to my nails off. Uh, no, because I had these two big burly undertakers there and they're, you know, very blokey kind of blokes. And they, um, they made fun of me, you know, little tiny mortuary attendants. I just broke a nail. And they were like, I'll get over yourself.
0: <laughs> She's dead. That's right. <laughs> that was be strange. Oh, uh, yeah. So you, so you're not literally on ice, but you do keep them in freezers. So when you're cremating them, what mm. you can't have any part of them that's recognisable at all, and it's cheaper to cremate, so most people cremate. So is it is, is it literally just like a like a big oven full of flamethrowers? I'm thinking of a James Bond movie where James Bond was knocked out it's, and put it to. And, and, uh,
1: kind-ish. It's like a big pizza oven.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs>
1: And it gets up to about two thousand degrees Celsius. Wow! Okay. And it does kind of like kind of like pushes the hot air, you know. So mm. the it takes about depending on how big the person, average person uh, like you and me it would take about an hour and a half. Okay. To that's just the burning process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're basically left with bone bits you still have you know skulls and ribs intact and then you sort of um you can only cremate this is another myth you can only cremate one person at a time so you cannot do multiple cremations lots of people have this idea that bodies get chucked in all together and it's a big old cremation who they get back there could be like three three, four, five different people. No no no, it's gonna be your person. And they get expertly sort of scraped out into sort of a big metal uh tin, not tin, like kind of like a <laughs> like a jug. I know it doesn't sound very nice, An urn. a big metal an jug urn? so the bones the bones will then cool down for a period of time because they are very, very hot. Yeah. And then they get put in what's called a cremulator. Oh. So That's an amazing first word. Off, the cremulator. Yeah, Batman's yeah.
0: new villain. The cremulator <laughs>
1: <laughs> he shoots flamethrowers yes, and things right. out. Yeah,
0: and, and wears a where's a <laughs> death mask on his face. Ah, oh, I love it. That's that's four one million dollar ideas we've had in this podcast. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's, yeah, uh, yeah. You have to get. So, who do we know who's a really, really good illustrator who could do this?
0: Well, listeners, if you are an illustrator and you want to draw the Cremulator, please do.
1: And um, CC me in. Thanks very much. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I promise to pass it on to you. <laughs>
1: Yes, yeah, thank you. Um, so, well, yeah, once the bones have cooled down, they go into like a big cremulator, which is kind of like a blender of sorts with like metal balls in it. So it literally, it crunches up all the um, the, the bones and ash so it's unrecognizable. And that's where, you know, you put it into the an urn or, or some kind of tube or, or whatever you want to put the person into after that. Um, <clears throat> and they're a lot heavier than people think person's ashes are a lot heavier than
0: you think. I don't... I must admit, that's the only problem with ashes. I mean, I think that if I die, then I want to be cremated because yeah, I haven't got time to be buried. It's just... Oh, God. It seems like a whole thing. I, I you've got all these ashes you got to go and, like, dump. I, it's... <laughs>
1: Yeah, look, I oh. I wanna be buried mainly for the fact that I don't wanna be going into some kind of blender with my with my bones. But uh, um <laughs> the the amount of times I get random people come in and they've just bought a new house and they've found some random ashes at the back of the cupboard, I don't wanna be that person.
0: <laughs> well, so, no, I think mine just it's like turn me into bricks and then like builds build a I don't know, a bridge Ooh, out of me or something like that.
1: That's interesting. You know, oh, people, oh,
0: oh people no, no, no. To... No, no, I an idea. No, no, no. You use yeah. my ashes and you make heat shielding for the space shuttle or not Not the uh, a spaceship. So, so I get to travel into space on the outside of a spaceship. There you go. Because it's, it's ceramic. It's bones. It's, it's calcium. It might work. I don't know.
1: Yeah, Well you pitch it to uh, Elon Musk, he,
0: ah, must, he it's must... Five million dollar ideas. But if it's calcium, when you burn calcium or calcium salts, I think they burn green. I think. I, I think it's green. Maybe I'm wrong there. Maybe that's copper. You know, copper burns green. Damn it. So calcium salts will burn in certain color. And that means that on the, if you put my bones on the outside of a spaceship coming back into the atmosphere... You'd have know, this amazing coloured flame coming off it, maybe. Yeah, there
1: you go. Oh Make space
0: fun again. You look
1: up in the sky, it's like, oh yeah, that's Greg.
0: There's Greg. That weird green, that's definitely Greg. Look at him. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. That
1: weird green hue.
0: That's right.
1: Uh, I've seen I mean I've seen some really amazing things because you the the cremators generally have sort of a peephole, so you can sort of check on how oh, well the, the cremation itself is going.
0: Oh. <laughs> that must be fun.
1: It's very cool. Again, if you've never seen it before, like it's it's something out of a horror horror film if you've never seen it, uh, it can be quite traumatizing for people, which is why Families generally never go back there to have a look because it's it's quite. I mean, it looks quite clinical and industrious at the back of the crematorium anyway, which is not quite not very nice. And to see, because the the coffin will burn away very quickly, especially if you're in one of the picnic basket wicker coffins. They they burn very very quickly, so you've basically you are watching a human uh, get burnt, which for some people is is very, very traumatizing and confronting for me. It's amazing, and if you've got, if you're like-minded and you're a bit sick in the head, you might also find it's
0: amazing. <laughs> but if it be uh, kind of like a, a, a very hot MRI machine, as in all the layers get peeled back, very. You know. <laughs> anyway, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah
1: I mean, pretty, uh, wow. because because of the heat as well, and I've seen this happen. Uh, in real life I've seen it with my own two eyes the, the, with the muscle the muscle will contract under the heat and it doesn't happen for very long but you can see limbs stand up or not the person stand up but you can see arms go up you can see legs go up so I've seen people's legs at a 90 degree angle um which this is, where is where you huge get that
0: story with people don't are, like you know oh no they're, they're alive in there or like you know that, that they got trapped with those sort yeah, of horror stories exactly.
1: no it's just, you know, the heat burning, you know, the muscle tendons and they're contracting. I've never seen some, and I think this is a myth because no one else has said they've seen this, people sitting up in mm. it. I think that's mm. probably asking the cremator too much of itself, but you do see, <laughs> you, know, you do see it, you know, limbs.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's, that's really interesting. So yeah, you burn the body away over an hour and a half, then you crush it with some sort of the cremulator. Okay, cool. And then you are yeah, stuck with, yeah. how, how heavy is the average human being's remains after cremation? Like, like 10 oh, gosh, kilograms?
1: Never... No, 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 not oh, not okay. that heavy. I've never, right. I've never actually weighed them before.
0: Like a sack of potatoes, like five kilograms?
1: Mm, I'm, try- I'm trying to see what I would actually... Maybe like a suitcase full of clothes. All
0: right. All right okay,
1: like, but like a travel suitcase full of clothes. All
0: right. Yeah, that gives you an idea. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I guess. One, one travel suitcase full of clothes. Got it. All right. Yeah. Well, we're <laughs> running out of time, and I can't let you go without asking... You've got to tell us a gross story. You have to. Can you? Can you tell us a gross yeah, story?
1: Yeah,
0: absolutely. So what? We, so can you just just one? Just just share one with our listeners. Go as horrible and whatever you want. We'll 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 tell the listeners this could get nasty, and we'll or it may not. It's up to you. And we'll just we'll go from here. <laughs> Let's have one fun story. (laughs) You got it. I've been very good. I've been very, well, I mean, I've been kind of good, sort of okay. (laughs) So now I get, now we get to the fun stuff.
1: Yeah. Okay. I've got sort of two with the same, the same person. This person uh, came in through the community. So was found at a house, had been dead for Oh, gosh, who knows how long. He was he was quite decomposed. And he died in a kneeling position at the side of a bed. And because of rigor mortis and sort of just how he had been there for so long, he was kind of stuck in that position. So he came to the mortuary and I was there with the coroner's undertakers to put him into the fridge. And I went to grab his arm to look at the wrist tag to do the identification on him. And I grabbed sort of just under his elbow and the forearm to lift the arm up. And just because of how decomposed he was, as soon as I lifted it up, it just went like his skin came
0: off. <laughs> oh, you degloved him.
1: I degloved his entire oh my,
0: arm. Oh, my goodness. That must have been, that's a thing right there. That's, a, that's, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, did you deal yeah. with it well?
1: I dealt with it well. I was just a bit like, oh, <laughs> shit. Um, but uh, uh, <laughs> oh, anyone goodness. else was. But you know what was quite fascinating? Because this man was quite heavily tattooed. Mm. Under that layer of skin, his tattoos were way more vibrant mm. than what they were. And I've seen this, um, you know, like in living people as well. Someone had like a big blue rose tattoo on their hand, and they'd had like a, a de-gloving incident, and the tattoo was a lot more vibrant underneath, which was amazing.
0: You took off some of his skin, and yet his tattoo was still there. That's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, yeah, but it was more of the, uh, you know, his, his his skin, just it just slid off like um. <laughs> yes. You know, like you'd done a really good pot roast, and you know you go into the the <laughs> the meat just falls off the bone. It was uh, kind of like that. <laughs> he was
0: succulent. I understand now. Got it.
1: He was very tender. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Put a fork in him. He's done.
1: Yeah, but I, I mean another one we when we opened up his head to have a look at his brain, it literally, I mean it came out as brain smoothie.
0: Oh wow. So you,
1: it was there was no brain there to look oh, at. Oh wow. It was so it, it literally I mean we opened up the skull and it just went <laughs> I mean like does, someone was just pouring a milkshake out. Does the
0: does the brain have a certain smell? Does it smell different to like just bits of meat?
1: Yeah, I mean, dead bodies have a certain smell. Like because I start work at seven o'clock in the morning. Generally, I don't eat breakfast till I get to work and I'm in the office. But the office. <laughs> and you is get a smoothie. By... Sorry. <laughs> we've got. I mean, we've got four different fridges. So my mortuary holds a 200 person capacity, mm. and we're about 80% capacity at any one time. Wow. Uh, and because again, we take people in from the community, we get a lot of decomps. So mm. people who are decomposed. Mm. So. Uh, generally in the morning I'm there eating my breakfast and I'm putting people on the register and you just get, if someone opens a fridge, you get a fresh old waff of death coming through the door mm. uh, and decomposition whilst I'm trying to tuck into my porridge. So that's not, I mean, <laughs> you know, seven in the morning, not, I'm barely awake yet. <laughs> yep.
0: That's kind
1: of, that's a, a daily occurrence and you're like, yep, in the mortuary you get a lot of the pathologists coming down. And just like, it just smells like dead people down here. Uh, well, yes. <laughs> I, 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 it, I suppose you, that smell, I suppose if you mixed your, okay, so you've got your rubbish bin mm-hmm. and, uh, it's been sitting there in the kitchen for about a week and you've mm-hmm. got, you know, that's, yeah, my fruit, rubbish bin, fruit, got it. fruit and stuff in it. Yep. Uh, you mix that with compost. That's probably the smell you get.
0: Okay. And fish. Like okay, a bit and some fish. Okay, interesting.
1: And fish, like rotten fish. It's yeah, it's not very pleasant. But again, mm. I think my olfactory's been quite desensitized to it. Mm. We did have my my second day working there. My first post mortem at that that mortuary. We had, honest to God, the most decomposed person I've ever seen in my life. Mm. The person was. I mean, the person was white when they were alive. They were black as night oh wow they were i mean barely recognizable as a human being barely you couldn't you know we had no idea what their facial features were like it was that bad uh the genitalia wasn't there anymore like nothing was there inside them like their their Mm. kind of bowel and liver was sort of intact but we opened him up Mm. So cut into him, we cut from just above the stern, like your sternal notch straight down to the pubic bone. And you generally go through a few layers of fat and the fat is bright yellow. Mm. This person, I mean, it was kind of, it was green. It was like a dark green. Wow. And you, and you, we cut into him and just maggots fell out. Oh. <laughs> <So> this,
0: <laughs> wow. <laughs> it was
1: Impressive. pretty... Yeah, I mean, again, the sight, the sight of that uh, has, has, I've got no issue with. It's the smell, the smell, honest to God, everyone there, even the pathologist and the senior tech- technologist, we were all kind of like, right, if you're going to vomit, take your mask off first. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That, yeah, there's still a human element it to all was, this. It, it was
1: pretty bad.
0: <laughs> all right. So uh, before we finish up, though, Rosa, I, I could look, I could talk about this forever, but unfortunately, mm. we, because we can't have to back here. If, if the illness is like this, we can get you back in the future, I'm sure. But what's the what's the one thing that you want to tell people about what you do that no one ever asks you? The thing that you think is really important that no one ever t- tells you about or asks you about? Oh, dead
1: people can't hurt you. Right. I think uh, that's kind of people think that they are disgusting. They don't want to touch them. They've got this fear of them sort of waking up. No, it's it's just, it's just a, it's still a human being, but at this, you know, at the same time, like if you touch them, they're not going to, well, unless they are decompose, you're not going to rip their skin off. Um, You know, <laughs> uh, they're, they're quite, you know, they're durable. I think uh, there's also a myth that everyone who works in a mortuary has got some kind of like, up weird backgrounds. No, we're we're all very very normal people. We have you know lives and hobbies outside of the job. The job is our life, but we we find a lot of fulfilment in it. To be kind of you know we speak for them. I, I we like to call ourselves death nurses. I suppose because we still we still look after that patient. They're still patients in our eyes if they've you know come down from the hospital. So we I, I'm happy to talk about this to the cows come home. If people want to ask me questions, debunk myths, or get or just have a bit more information, I'm more than happy to like chew someone's ear off about it um, because it is you know it is a very very interesting aspect of life that people have this aversion to talking to. But you know for me it's everyday normal thing and i think we need to normalize it a lot more
0: yeah that's right it's going to happen to most of us not me but everyone else
1: yeah everyone except for greg um, that's right
0: i'm a pract i'm a practicing immortal that's what i am so that's all fine anyway <laughs> but look all in all seriousness rose thank you very much for sharing your knowledge and your enthusiasm for these these interesting post-mortem arts how exciting
1: yeah, thank you very much for having me, Greg. It's, it's, it's fun to have a talk about people who are interested in listening and don't want to run away from people. <laughs> you know what? Before we go, I've been telling people, I've been like finding new friends and, um, uh, I don't like talking about work when I'm outside of work, just like in mm. you know, a, like, you know, in a going out for a drink kind of aspect. So uh, people ask me what I do. I start telling them I'm an underwater basket weaver.
0: <laughs> That's fair enough. <laughs> I think your job is more interesting than doctors because I find that doctors only want to talk about things that human beings have stuck inside themselves. Every time you go Mm -hmm. to a party, a doctor goes, Oh, let me tell you about this thing I discovered inside or that the other doctor found, you know, people inserting it. And I'm like, I don't care. Like there's only so many times you can have a story about the size of the object and the nature of the hole it was found in. It's the same bloody story. (laughs) Like it's the same story. And then Mm -hmm. I was examining the patient and I discovered this thing in their thing what? And you're like, okay, great. But, but I find that you have different stories, which is good. Very. Yes. You do put cotton wool up there. (laughs)
1: Refreshing.
0: Well, maybe not. That's a, maybe a a too strong a word, but uh, (laughs) (laughs) thank you very much, Rose, for your time. And we look forward to talking to you in the future.
1: Lovely. Thanks very much, Greg. It's been a pleasure.
0: I know I've said it before, but one of the best things about having my own podcast is being able to talk to anyone about anything I find vaguely interesting. So big, big, big thanks to Rose, who happily will talk about her very exciting career working with bodies. Now, I want to make a few corrections before all you keen-eared listeners get on to Walks of Shame for me. When you burn calcium salts, it actually burns an orange, not a green. And also, I found it really interesting when I was editing this podcast how quickly I fell into using imperial measurements feet when discussing grave depths i didn't even think about it when we were talking we talked about meters and celsius for other things but for some reason with grave depths in my brain it's still feet and inches i have no idea why i don't use those measurements in any other place so i hope you enjoyed this episode half as much as i did because i really really enjoyed it i hope you learned something and i hope it maybe made the concept of your physical demise less scary at some level? I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe I'm asking too much there, but... Anyway... I think the important thing to take out of this is, as Rose said, the dead can't hurt you, and before you get there, maybe just be a better alive person. Especially in this time, when the world's in such upheaval, is look after yourself, make sure you're safe and happy, and look after other people. Just, Just keep an eye out for them, so... Their lives aren't scary. Oh, it's all getting very deep, isn't it? Anyway, we'll see you for the next podcast. Stay well, everyone. Be safe and be nice to each other.
1: I'm so sorry. If you hear background noise, that's my frogs croaking.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Which is the right noise for your job, croaking.
1: Very ominous croaking. Um, I don't know if you want to stop for a second to let them... Can you hear that? Yeah, oh,
0: absolutely. <laughs>